0: Hello, I'm Michael Heyman, and you're listening to Changemakers. Now, today's story is about doing what you love, finding your own path, and having the courage to seize the day. Because my guest is the entrepreneur, author, and small business campaigner, Holly Tucker. And as the creator of Not On The High Street, she used a virtual marketplace to inspire 5,000 of the UK's most outstanding creative businesses. And the result of all of that, some £900 million of trade. In 2015, she also launched Holly & Kay, which has been described as a virtual co-founder, cheerleader, and mentor for entrepreneurs. Holly, welcome to Changemakers. Oh,
1: thank you for having me.
0: And what a story. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Now, I was listening to one of your podcasts, um, and you described yourself as Hurricane Holly. Um, This was your interview with, with Paul Lindley. And I have to say, Hurricane Holly feels like the story of your career founding um not on the high street at 28 um, building this phenomenal online platform and then becoming this national and international campaigner for small business and businesses as a force for good where does that energy come from where does that i guess that inspiring positivity um where where does it all dwell in your life
1: well, what a lovely question. I was actually thinking this morning, I um I've been suffering a little with the illness uh, just lately and I jumped out of bed and I could not wait for the day to start. And I I did question myself, why am I so happy? And I think it was because I realized that the tapestry of my day as an entrepreneur is so mixed, it's so varied literally anything could happen today. I could get a phone call from someone so unexpected with an opportunity that I could never dream could happen to me. Or I could get the most awful news when I, I've got some finances to do. And I, I, I know it's not going to tell me the what I want to hear. Um, and I've got to overcome that. And that will then engage that part of my brain, which says, well, we have to do this, so find a way, Holly. And that's where I find myself in my happiest place, mm. where I'm constantly challenged to move things forward, to build, um, and but with purpose at the very, very heart of it. And
0: so serendipity plays a part, you know, things you don't know what you're going to get, you know, as, as the film said, yeah. life's, life's a box of chocolates, right? So, I mean, in terms of the the, the Holly sort of chocolate box, I mean, it's sort of a, that excitement about what might be in it gets you going every day, does it?
1: Every single day. And I think that that's probably true of a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, it's the classic tale where entrepreneurs build businesses. And um, I'm not actually of the school of thought that then they can't run businesses. Um, I actually feel that, a founder is intrinsic, um, to a business. It's the Duracell battery of mm. the DNA of a company. Um, they might, it, it you might change roles and, and have different various roles. Um, but for me, I think it's that thing where people say that, you know, an entrepreneur loves to build, loves to actually know that they do not know what's coming their way. And, Probably what I've seen over this period of time um, through this pandemic and what I launched SMESOS, I interviewed lots of people and lots of founders, and they all said the same thing. It worked the muscle that they were quite strong at. They've worked that muscle all their life. They've always had to overcome things. Mm. And this was just another thing.
0: And actually, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs find that they are great in a crisis. I mean, a lot of that that is often their their moment because when you start up, you've got to triumph against the odds, you've got to survive, you've got to go forward. So, so I've heard that. But you mentioned the Duracell battery there. I mean, I'm because I I think that's quite a good uh, a good uh, a good little um idea that because when I when I look at your life, I see this life of tremendous energy and a great appreciation of time. Um, you've talked about your new normal as being more efficient than ever. Every minute of the day, I'm driving things forward. Um, I've also heard you talk about that you've actually worked out how many days you have left on this planet to ensure you're making the most of them. Now, I mean, that is a, a, a foresight <laughs> many of us wish we could have right now. But, but, but time matters to you, doesn't it, in terms of how you use it and the energy you put into it.
1: What a lovely question! No one's ever asked me that, and um, now I think about your question, I suppose it is. I I feel um, that we do not plot um, our lives accordingly, um, and I think that well, on my fortieth birthday, when I worked out that I had twenty nine thousand days um, on this planet let alone what I had left. I actually only had 14,000 days left on um, my 40th birthday. And it did not scare me in the slightest. What it did is gave me a zest, even more for life. It allowed every day to be the gift that it is. Um, every hour to be, how am I moving something forward? How am I doing good? How am I building in this hour? And so actually, it. I, I'm a half-glass-full girl anyway. But that gave me even more sense of a motivation, encouragement, um, because I don't think we plot um, our time um, effectively. And certainly a lot of businesses don't look forward. You know, they don't look to. So at the end of this wonderful journey, um, I want to be here. So I now need to manage my time all the way back and make sure I'm making the right decisions, because, as you know, in business if you make that decision that you take investment, uh, that invet- that decision means that your business has plotted its course for life. Mm. Um, whereas if actually you want to retire in your company, then you need to turn right, let's say, rather than left. And so I'm, I'm really fascinated with making the right decisions for the long term. You know, you don't have the coordinates, but you can have the you 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 can have the direction that you want to travel Mm.
0: i mean i mean i love reading that that you'll you'll be ready to retire at 90 um and that you're going to be wearing lots of eccentric jewelry at that point so i think that um that that gives us the idea of the of the of the journey point but i suppose in the meantime this idea of i once read it somebody's um eulogy talked about that they lived a life worth living um in mm-hmm. in many respects, when you think about the entrepreneurial attitude, I think where where people often get it wrong is they say, "Oh well, it's a, a love of money that drives these successful mm-hmm. people forward." Perhaps it's much more the love of life and the and the very vibrant, I guess, experience that you get when you are building something that you have created, um, something that you have innovated, and something that you are seeing through. Is is that an experience you
1: share? Yeah, beautifully said. I think you're totally right. Entrepreneurship, myself. It is about we have an expression at Holieco, juicing the lemon, and you know that is what I want to do with life and this experience. You know, if if nothing is impossible, nothing, then what am I going to achieve? What can I change for the better? And money plays actually no part in it. Money comes along, and don't get me wrong, I'm fortunate. I have built um, being fortunate. And that gives me opportunity. So, but, you know, every single penny, if I, ha- you know, goes back in actually to the zest of my life, which is to help um, people find what they want to do in their lives, I, I in their life, uh, to build a business doing what they love. Because for me, my experience and those I've watched, building a business, being the master of your own destiny, being creatively fulfilled, having this wonderful what's going to happen next you know energy in your life wow if i could give that to as many people that dream about it then i feel that i will my eulogy will say the same thing
0: mm. i mean and and when people you know look at your career <clears throat> they'll say not on the high street get it what a great story um but let's go back let's let's go back to um holly at, at school let's let's go back to um, Holly, the student, that 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 opens up her exam paper and finds out that she has an E in business studies um, at A level. Um and then some years later is going to go and create an A star with with not on the High Street. Give us a sense of that person looking out into the world. I mean, did you have any sense that the entrepreneurial future might be one that was waiting for you, or just did you not know? I mean, just give us a sense of that stage of your life and how you looked on the What Comes Next.
1: When I look at the younger Holly, um, you know, Hurricane Holly was given to me as a nickname at the age of four. And I think I've always had a great um, energy in life, Going through sort of the schooling years, I was very insecure. Um, Actually, that sort of, you know, my energy got dulled. Um, I think schooling can do that to you. And then going through it, not realising I was dyslexic, gaining an E in um, business studies, actually that was something to do with my teacher potentially and, um, yes, being a teenager. Um, But then the way that I looked at that um, was... Actually, I went and got work experience from the age of, I think, 15. And now my son's 15. So I'm really looking at him thinking, crikey. You know, I get on the train every day, go to Baker Street. Um, my uncle's best friend um, ran a publisher, uh, an agency, an advertising agency called Publicis. And I got a summer job. Now, while everyone else was having the time of their life, I was at work on Baker Street every single day. I did that when I was... Um, 16, 17. And then on the day that I got my A-level results, my mother drove up in a Peugeot 205, sat around the corner with my sister. I went for a job interview. I said I would do anything. I became the junior tea maker that day. And we drove back and we got my A-level results that afternoon. And I got an E in business studies. And so at that point in time, I suppose if I look back, I must have had that zest because Mm. I said, right, here I go. So, at the age of um eighteen, you know, my eighteenth birthday was celebrated in an office um with a career, basically in front of me and
0: so, okay, so ambition, work ethic. you mentioned the dyslexia. Um some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs um are dyslexics. I mean, Richard Branson is probably the one that immediately comes to mind, but there are many, many others. And a lot of people um, when they talk about it, will say, actually society sees dyslexia as my problem I see it as my superpower because of the way it allows me to see the world what has been your experience as a dyslexic as it's been as it's pertained to your career and what it's actually opened the doors for you to be able to do
1: well it's it's Being absolutely a superpower—that's what I say to all the children that come into my shop um, in St Margaret's. You know, they'll talk to me about it. I have a bookshelf with lots of books, and you know, and I talk to them about it being a superpower because ultimately, what it does is it works a muscle that is invisible to those without dyslexia. Now, dyslexia is a spectrum, so we all have different types of dyslexia. So for me, um, it has. Not a- enabled me to um, hear words properly. I have things called hollyisms in my life, which I'm not going to go and um, say li- live on air here. Um, but what it has it um, is is it enabled me during the start of Not in the High Street. I always remember I didn't write a single email without my business partner checking it. Um, I remember publicists. I would go to write something, and literally it would be red marked as if I was in school. Now, never again would I ever risk writing something again. So it has absolutely made me full of the imposter syndrome because actually I wasn't mm. able to communicate. I was going to ask
0: you about the imposter syndrome. But- and,
1: and, but, but and just on that point, though, what has been unbelievable is that I'm positive that the visualization, so dyslexic see visually. So I can, and I always talk about the fact that I see into the future. I always ask what year it is. If I get lost, I literally have to be reminded the year that we're in because I'm already visualizing the future and working back, and I'm literally in it. So I believe that that has been an amazing power for me because Mm. I saw Not On The High Street as a massive business when we couldn't afford the URLs $16.99 1699 or whatever it was in 2006 and I was sitting there with my jacket on we couldn't afford the heating in the office I was questioning why we had proper post it notes and not the cheap you know um copies because you know money was so tight but I was wanting the urls across the globe because I saw it and I think that that has been a, an amazing gift for me so
0: you can see round corners I mean, is that is that what being a dyslexia allows you? To? You get you visualise. You can creatively see the world ahead of you, perhaps in a very different way than if you weren't yes. dyslexic.
1: I think it's dyslexia mixed with entrepreneurism. I, you know, for my podcast conversations of inspiration, I'd say sixty percent of my guests. Um, I would have recorded a hundred guests this Christmas. Sixty percent of them had dyslexia or a challenging period of time at school. Mm. Mixed with energy and uh, can do and have to do um, and uh, uh, sort of uh, nature, it, it, it allows you to see around corners. Right now, I can definitely see in five years' time exactly almost what my world will be.
0: I mean, and, and that is a that is a gift. I mean, but but going back to where you see it more as a curse, you're sat writing press releases. You know, you're having the red mark through at, at publicists i mean th- this presumably is fueling the imposter syndrome which is that I'm not good enough I can't do this stuff mm. i mean what what i mean does is that something you've managed to put behind you or does it still mm. live with you because it's it's always amazed me that some of the most successful people i've i've met that that sense of imposter syndrome seems to have um stayed with them i remember charles dunson um saying um um that he hoped that um when uh, when when he was um, when he was dead and buried, that, uh, that his gravestone would say, "I got away with it." I mean, in terms of, I mean, the, the, so here's here's somebody who's found <laughs> yeah. one of the most successful telecoms businesses in in, in arguably in the world. I mean, d- just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, as, is it a constant traveler, or did you manage to drop it off somewhere along the way? I
1: think I think it is a constant traveler, but it gets in check the older you get. I suppose I would say that it was absolutely rearing its ugly head and was all around me of course when we built not on the high street i mean here was two women who had not you know no retail experience no real technology experience and we were building what we now know thank god for naivety to probably be the third marketplace in the world right ebay amazon not on the high street etsy started 6 months later so actually, of course, we had a huge amount of imposter syndrome there. Fake it till you make it is exactly what I did. Give us a
0: tip. How, how do you fake it till you make it? I mean, I, I'm sure people are listening and go, I want to do that. Right. How
1: do I do it? What's a, what's a good? How do, you, how do you master it? Well, John Hegarty once told me, you know, having enthusiasm and passion Um and being almost, you know, someone that you want to hear more from. So I was able to visualise, and I had passion and enthusiasm. So I could captivate people with the story of exactly what was going to happen. Now, the fact that Not in High Street wasn't even set live yet, well, that didn't matter. We were going to change the face of retailing, because of course we were. And having that enthusiasm was, was addictive to both parties. Mm. So as we travelled through this world, the Imposter syndrome absolutely stays with me, but because I have a mission, I suppose I can't let it um, hold me back. Because I feel a sense of duty to be a cheerleader, and if you have a cheerleader who is just shackled by the imposter syndrome, it was not a very good cheerleader. So, little things such as um, when I started Holly and Co. four and a half years ago, uh, my co-founders Karen and Gabby they saw me write something. I wrote a poem. They couldn't believe I'd written this poem. I couldn't believe I'd written this poem. And I, and I, I knew that they were just being kind to me. That was, must have been what it was. And they asked me to write a post on Instagram. And I wrote a post. And, and, and I got every day for them to check it. I never set anything live. I would check it eight times. They would check it. I mean, this whole process took forever. I've now written um, for four years every single day um, my live blog on Instagram at Holly Tucker. And that has set me free. That has set me free.
0: Just in terms of, you know, the the hurricane. I mean, the the hurricane. On the face of it looks unstoppable, but along the way, a lot of entrepreneurs are confronted by doubt they 're confronted by naysayers i 've heard the naysayers described as energy vampires people say you can 't do it you 've got a good job you 're working for one of the world 's greatest advertising companies. Why, why would you want to go and do that you found it not on the high street you 're doing brilliantly well. Why would you want to go and do holly and care you 've done holly and, you know that kind of thing about enough is enough in terms of actually how you 've overcome doubt. What is the key, I guess, to the positivity that fuels the hurricane?
1: Well, I always feel sorry for people that say those things to me or to anyone, because I think, gosh, I wish you everything that I have. I wish I, I wish you, um, yeah, I'm not going to listen to you, but you're wasting your breath, but I wish you what I have, because what I have is the most technicolor of a life. You know, it's in an in incredible world. And you know, all entrepreneurs um have to go through the most mind-boggling journeys. You know, I've I've uh, you know not on the high street nearly went bust three, four times. I've had to raise VC funding four, five times alone. No broker with a load of you know, 16 Harvard men around a room, dyslexic, reading you know faking it till i make it i've had a brain tumor i've had a divorce at the age of 20 um i've i've battled trying to save my my own now lovely marriage i only got married 2 weeks ago uh with my partner for 18 years he's had to travel this journey of being with Hol- hurricane holly building not on the high street raising our son he was 3 months old when i started not on the high street you know these are real things, mm. you know, We trying to create relationships and hold on to relationships when you battle the world, I suppose, is an unbelievable thing. And why I'm so happy that two weeks ago we got married in lockdown and it was wonderful. But that is the journey and it is the battle scars that you. I was going to say the, the battle scars. Yeah, absolutely. And, and owning those problems, I guess. And being open and honest with those problems, telling people that that's exactly mm. what happened to you, that, you know, I, I, I was not born with this sort of anything. I, I I've had to learn it. I've had to fake it till I make it. And actually, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of small businesses that I help, feel that maybe I'm an expert in business. I've swallowed the business Bible. Of course I haven't. You know, actually what you've got to be is an incredible human being with wonderful idea, great conviction and a non, and a person, you know, basically mother, uh, sort of mother lion nature around your business that you will not stop. I agree. I
0: mean, I'm, I mean, having having listened to some of the podcasts and and obviously I'm I know the books build a business from your kitchen table and shape up your business. I mean, yes, they are advice for, for, for people in business. But I think they're also advice for life and actually how to make the most of it. I mean one of the things that I I I really do think is is very noticeable um in in your work is the good things that you believe business can do. And I know that you are going for B Corp accreditation. Um, you've mm-hmm. also just become um, an ambassador for the Good Business Festival in in Liverpool. In terms of yes, that role of business in this very troubled world that we're living in in at the moment. I mean, let's let's talk about that. The force for good that that business can be, and what you hope business can deliver um, in in this in this new chapter.
1: Well, I think the only businesses that will survive will be businesses that have a purpose beyond. Uh, the utilitarian nature of their company. Um, I actually think that we're seeing that on the high street. Um, I believe that we're seeing that from the businesses that are growing exponentially. They are businesses that they have caught the heartstrings of their customers, and they mean more than what they actually do. I don't think that we're going to see businesses survive unless they do that and have. I think that actually entrepreneurs and founders will be. Um, I'm not talking about myself, but the rock stars of the future because if we're living in this fourth industrial revolution the freelance economy the fact that we're going to see more you know more businesses were started in june than ever before we're going to have a world filled with founders they then need to look to people who have done it before and i do believe that those people that we're looking to and certainly those in my sort of circle that i I speak to frequently who are doing unbelievable things in their companies, you know, and they are taking the mission, them as a founder, the Duracell Battery, they're there to do good. They are there running a business, don't get me wrong, and it's incredible, but they're there to change the world a little bit um, in in their quarters, mm. and if we all do that if we all do that, and i think we 're collectively really realizing that if we all change the world a little bit, then this is going to be a really massive force for good and why i'm so proud to be an ambassador to the um good business festival it's 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 just um an amazing thing and i hope it that it grows fantastically because we have to be helping new fledgling businesses understand that that is actually probably the key to success and those, and those
0: new fledgling businesses I mean you're right to make the point about the huge tick up in in um in business registrations and obviously I think when we first met um i I'd co-founded startup Britain um which was on the back end of the financial crisis and what we found was that you know I guess the pain of recession and job losses led to people giving it a go. And from that Mm. giving it a go came some extraordinary outcomes. I wonder whether we have learned the lessons of the opportunities that those fledgling businesses might deliver in this next chapter over another five to 10 year horizon in helping them get it right sooner, help them get going more quickly Um, in terms of, are we grasping the opportunity of the change that you're seeing?
1: I think so. I mean, from what I see, I believe we've got a new type of founder um, being bred. And I, I, you know, started not in the high street in a recession. Holly & Co's is now going through recession and pandemic. You know, these things are, they make you strong. And I think that also we have a conscious consumer that is, Growing, we have a a huge environmental crisis. We have a a governments and 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 society that is changing all the time. And I think we're as founders, we're looking to anchor in into something that potentially we can uh, navigate through our journey of running a business and. And what I am seeing is that is mission being right at the heart. That's their anchor, and 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 I cannot wait to see what we're going to uh, witness in the mm-hmm. future. I mean,
0: I, I was going to try and think of a, a final question that that didn't involve um, your marriage. I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm actually going to stick with it because I think you know an, yeah. an 18 year romance. Um, you, you've you've uh, you've recently got married. I mean, of course, many congratulations. I mean, marriages are by their nature a union that looks to the future um, and looks to a future world um, where you're living together and making your way together through it. In terms of that future um, and how you see it um, and indeed all of the things that you're living through at the moment, I mean a final thought perhaps on on finding that pathway um, for, for your next steps and for the next steps of the people that you're working with and advising? What, what's the what's the advice? What's the learning that you'd give?
1: I think really getting married to Frank after 18 years, my son's um, nearly 16, the path that we have traveled, uh, we have our own battle scars and we stood in that church as older people um, having done life. We don't need to do the house or have the child or anything like that. We were purely there for the love of each other and the excitement of the adventure that we have in the future and I think it's exactly the same with Holly and Co you know that I've traveled um, an amazing journey with not in the high street and still do and Holly and & Co is my next adventure, and um, and I'm committed to it. As I said, you know, I'm, I'm married to Frank and Holly and & Co until I'm 90. So um, they better be exciting. That's all I can say. Well, there you
0: hear it. That That is the challenge, and that is
1: Hurricane Holly,
0: and the winds have changed. What, a, what an episode. Thank you so much, um, Holly, for joining me and today's story of finding your purpose, finding the courage to go for it, and ultimately finding your potential. And I guess make it count is the message because you have time to use it brilliantly by loving what you do. Join me for the next Changemakers.